Aloha and welcome to the Zeno Podcast, where we talk about how we shape stories and how they shape us. My name is Carly. And my name is Cole. So after last week's podcast, where we took a little break from discussing countries, we are back into it today. So we're going to move on from talking about uh, Asian countries, and we're going to move closer to home towards America. Yeah, so we are in a super like unique position in Hawaii, where Hawaii is deep in Polynesia, but it's also considered America. So we have kind of this cross-cultural, like interesting experiment going on. So we've invited two guests, and we're just going to kind of talk to them uh, about that. Yeah. So why don't you introduce yourselves and like where you're from, what your story is. <laughs> um, my name is Xavier Netane. I am from Orlando, Florida. And um, yeah, I... Uh, Samoan Tongan descent. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Salu, which is short for Salu Vaya, last name Ita. I am from Nevada, but we grew up like Montana, California area. Half of the time was spent with Polynesian um, family, half Tongan for me, and then the other half was with white people caucasian <laughs> no, like people, european sure. native american mix on the other half of like my life so cool all right so the both of you maybe this is where we can start is talking about just your experiences growing up so was it were you having celebrations like polynesian more like more polynesian style or more american style both maybe so maybe if you guys can talk a little bit about that that can kind of get our conversation started today oh okay um my situation is a little different um just because like my parents had like separated so like I spent time with my father and then with my mother and my father is the tongue inside so I spent time with him and whenever we'd get together we'd have like a big feast we'd roast a pig nice. <laughs> and it like tongans will roast a pig on a spit and then like instead of like in the ground, like other Polynesian oh, okay. cultures. And of course we'd have dancing and um, yeah, we'd have like traditional food like lupulu and mei, or we call it like breadfruit, but it's mei and tonga. And otai, I'm sure you guys have probably had otai yeah, before. Otai's, like yeah. that's like, <laughs> so like for me, it was a lot about food and dancing growing up. And then just like really loud laughter, like a lot of loud laughter. I don't know if you had yeah, similar. Yeah, it was uh, about the same thing. Um, definitely, uh, food was a big part of of growing up because it, it just brought people together. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to celebrations, uh, first birthdays, graduations, there they were always huge, um, and they were always. Uh, you know, not just the uh, immediate family. We had family coming from uh, out of state. Uh, we also had family coming over from Samoa and Tonga. Um, so when it came to celebrations, we definitely celebrated, um, I guess you can say, Polynesian style. But mm-hmm. um, there, there were also mixes of, I guess, um, Western, I guess you can say. It wasn't yeah. very, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know what some people might think it was just like luau dancing or you know mm-hmm. stuff like that but it was uh there there definitely was uh a lot of celebrations <laughs> growing up yeah. 
So how did that like home life and like maybe your school life or work life like kind of differentiate or was it the same like you? Home life and school life, uh, I, they they were two very different, uh, mm-hmm. very different lives. Um, in, in my home, uh, both my parents uh, spoke Samoan, mm-hmm. um, but uh, when I went to school, they they placed me in a in a class because I I was speaking two different languages, mm-hmm. and then so when I came home, my mother was like, oh, "Okay, no more Samoan. You need to learn English really? because I don't want you to be placed in." You know, in, in these different classes, so uh, you know, out kind of went the Samoan language, and and now I can understand bits and parts, but um, it, it was very different um, being at home and and I guess being in the the Samoan environment, but then also being expected to know how to uh, I guess conduct myself in school and speaking English and uh, um, trying to do things you know the the American way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think the biggest difference for me was family. Like, <laughs> my siblings and I would fight. Like, you know, like we'd wrestle <laughs> and like we <laughs> we would like fight over food and stuff like that. But then, like, if anybody picked on my siblings or if anybody picked on me, like we'd be ready to scrap. You know, like yeah. we'd be ready to defend them in like a second. And like, we would like. Like, we loved each other so much, and we still love each other. And, like, realizing that, like, other families, like, if they have, like, talking to friends in high school, like, they're like, oh, I hate my sister. And I was like, I would never, I would <laughs> never say that, like, about my sister, even though, yeah. like, I'm, like, mad at her or anything. Or, like, my brothers, you know, they're like, oh, my brother's an idiot. And I was like, I would never talk bad about yeah. my brothers to someone else, you yeah. know, like, because family is so close, and you never talk trash about your family outside of the home. Yeah, so that was like the biggest difference was the family dynamic. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like that's one of the things I've come to appreciate most about Polynesian culture from what I've experienced with it here in Hawaii is just how much both kind of what you talked about first, how food and like big gatherings bring people together and then just how close knit you are, especially like friends, but even more so like family just coming. So when you guys... I mean, coming from your your different states, and you came here to Hawaii, what was that experience like for you? Was it like, did you feel like it was a really natural transition, and why? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm from northeastern Nevada. It's not Reno or Las Vegas. So, like, everybody thought I was either Mexican <laughs> or, like, they thought that I was, like, Navajo. Uh-huh. And I'm not any of those. <laughs> and so to come to a place where they're like, oh, like, oh, are you like someone? Are you like Tongan? Like, oh, what are you? And, you know, like, they actually know where those places are. Right. Like, I felt more at home coming here than being in Nevada. So I like Hawaii oh, cool. a lot more than <laughs> Nevada. So back in Nevada, is it like a smaller uh, population of Polynesians over there? Where you're yeah, from? it's really small. Okay. Like, it's my family, and then there was another family that moved in, like, my junior year. Wow. <laughs> so it was just us two, like, within, uh, within like, three-hour circumference, something like that, that we know of. Like, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's really dry and, like, yeah. really deserty. There's yeah. no ocean, so, like, why it's would sparse. Polynesians ever move there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'd say for me it was it was a little different. Um, so I, I grew up in Florida in a 
you know, predominantly African-American community. Um, so coming to BYU Hawaii, I guess you just start there. It, it was a little different because, you know, identifying as a Samoan Tongan, but not being able to speak both languages, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a little different to, I guess, connect with the, the Samoans and Tongans here. Um, because two different experiences, you know, they come from the islands, and I, I grew up on the mainland, um, and the, the cultures are just different, um, the way they grew up and, and the way I grew up. Um, so for me, um, my first uh, my first year here was, it wasn't rough, but it was a little hard to adjust to, um, just because, like, like I said, the, just cultural differences mm-hmm. and the, the things I grew up with um, that I thought were, you know, uh, these... Tongue and Samoan values, and you know, sometimes it, it felt like they were completely wrong, or or I was off. Um, but now I, I guess it's um, a, a lot better now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I all my friends are are from Samoa or Tonga or from right. the islands. Um, but um, at first, it, it was a bit tough to to adjust to that lifestyle. But uh, here at BYU Hawaii and and Hawaii as a whole are I guess a little different, you know, going outside of BYU, it's, it's, uh, more of what I'm used to, I guess I can say a lot, a lot of friends back home uh, from coming from Hawaii. Um, so I was able to get used to that, you know, their, their culture of being, you know, uh, in the town of Laia or, you know, just around being from around uh, different places in Hawaii. But, um, as far as being, uh, here in, at BYU Hawaii, it, it was, it was a little tough uh, for me. But do you think being here now, because you both have lived here for a couple years, correct? Mm-hmm. And do you feel like being here has helped you connect more to the Polynesian side of you and appreciate that culture more? For me, yeah. <laughs> well, just because like, I was raised with my mom, who's European Native American. Uh-huh. So like my background in Polynesian culture is like a lot more limited I think than Xavier's. And my dad, like my father never wanted me to speak Tongan. Oh. <laughs> he Why wanted is... me to learn English. Yeah. Um Why because that, like it's a really westernized idea of learning <clears throat> other languages. Like it's mm. super western. Oh. Anywhere else you go in the world like you need to learn English and you need to be good at it. Mm. And if you have the opportunity to be here like it's kind of like, I don't know, for my family, it was like, like, why do you want to know Tongan? Like, it's a waste of us. Really? <laughs> the money. Really? Like, it's wow. like, you know, like, and so I can understand a little bit, but mm-hmm. like, it's far more important for me to know yeah. English. And so like, I'm like, I'm not even a coconut. I'm like a plastic coconut. Like, that's what I tell people. Like, that's how fake I am. Like, it's so white. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever like consider trying to learn? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, I've tried, mm-hmm. um, but my <laughs> my father will laugh at me. It's like, <laughs> like, why are you saying it like that? That's weird. So I'm like, ah, like, I'll just He won't teach like, you, he'll just yeah, laugh. Yeah, no, he'll just laugh at me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, um, it's definitely been a big help. You know, um, my parents, like I said, they, they both spoke. Samoan. My dad's Samoan Tongan, but he grew up in a Samoan household. Um, so uh, coming here, I, you know, I kind of took it upon myself to want to learn more of my Tongan side. Yeah. Um, so I've 
you know, been taking Tongan classes and, and I work at night show and a lot of Tongans work there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All of them. And so same thing. They, <laughs> they, they all, whenever I speak Tongan, they kind of laugh Laughing. and yes. correct me. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> but, um, uh, I guess in, in that way, as far as language goes, um, it's, it's been a big help, um, for me personally, uh, to be able to just pick up little things, um, that might seem little, but are are very important, you know, in the in the Tongan culture. I guess is so here in Hawaii. I've noticed that there's kind of like this pidgin English that like I definitely don't understand, and then there's like words like like I don't know. I I've noticed that people like neck minute or like <laughs> you know like choke whatever. Yeah. Um, did that like surprise you coming here? Like oh I don't know because for me I'm like uh, I think I know what that means and so I'm just gonna go with it. But like were you guys just like oh like easy I know what that means. Yeah it was for me I I had a lot of friends from Laia back mm-hmm. home in Florida. Oh okay. And so they would. The first time I heard pigeon, I had no idea what they were saying. <laughs> like, I was so lost. I, you know, like, like you were saying, like stuff like choke, and I was like, choke? Yeah, what, are you, like, what are you choking? You're, but, you're yeah. saying English words, but they're not making sense. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm, it, it wasn't too much of a surprise, especially you know having my wife being from Hawaii, mm-hmm. you know, being around her family, they kind of used a pigeon. A little bit, but she was kind of surprised that I understood, you know, what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So now they can't talk about me when I'm in the room. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Until you want yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For my family, like, maybe you know, like, about this, but like, they'll put S's, and you'll like, you know, mm-hmm. they'll put S's in like weird places. Like, they'll say oh. like foods or like the sheep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so like, there'll be like this mixture of like, you can mm-hmm. tell, you know, the like. Their grasp of like English isn't as yeah. you know advanced, but like you can understand them, you know. Yeah. So like, yeah, recognizing that they're like back home, and then coming here, I realized that like, oh, it's just like a different, mm. just a different dialect, you yeah. know, mm. of English. So, yeah. yeah. Are you are you first generation uh, American? Or yes. No? Yeah. 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 Me too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Where's your mom from? Uh, my mother is from well <laughs> she like grew up all over the place she was oh, an army okay. brat oh, but okay. like um a couple generations ago it's like this big mix mm-hmm. my grandfather on her side um is like half chickasaw oh, so okay. like native american Just mix that's and, like cool. lots yeah. of like irish yeah, yeah irish got around oh. yeah <laughs> like yeah english all that's that. really cool oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think this is a cool idea with both of you being first-generation yeah. um, Americans, especially. How have you seen being a first-generation American, how have you seen uh, that be able to connect you to, I guess, two different, completely mm-hmm. different groups of people? And I don't know. I guess how have you, yeah, how have you seen it? How, how has that helped you bring people together is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. That's kind of a big question, I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. For your... Uh, well, for me, like, <clears throat> because you're a part of, like, different cultures. Yeah. So, and then you're a part of different generations. So you don't really, like, fit in anywhere. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. like, group that, like, you're a part of. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for a long time, that was a really big struggle for me because I'm like, oh, who am I? Like, my... Mm-hmm. 
people have an identity. And even when my family came over, like we changed our last name from Ilolehia to Ita. And Ita means angry in both Samoan and Tongan. I think my auntie was just really mad when she got to like go change her name. I don't know, like had a hard time. But um, yeah, that's kind of, it's like cool. But at the same time, I've noticed like that there's like, I don't know. Like, again, back to the family thing. Like, mm-hmm. thank goodness for families. Because even though, like, I have a lot of different views and, <laughs> and, like, I have a very different personality from the rest of my family, like, they still consider me, like, a part of the village, like, in quotation marks. You know, like, they still consider me a part of their family. So, like, despite, like, those differences, we can still, like, get along splendidly. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know when I when I came to Hawaii, um, so I was going to school in Utah first, uh, LDS Business College, and um, I just had this sudden change. I, I wanted to major in something different, and uh, BYU Hawaii had that program, and my initial thought was, you know, I want to go out and I want to help the the Polynesian community. Um, with my background, I, you know, I want to be able to help um, Polynesian students be able to uh, receive higher education. Mm-hmm. But when I came here, and as I talked about earlier, with the cultural differences with the students from from the islands, it was like a, hitting a brick wall. Like you know, <laughs> there, you know like I just kind of like what you said. Yeah. I I just felt like, man, I really don't belong here. Like I yeah. I'm not the same as these students. Um, but I guess what what I'm finding out now is. What my passion is, is working with the Polynesian diaspora, you know, the other um, first generation mm-hmm. of Polynesians who, who came, you know, whose parents came to Hawaii or or the, the mainland um, and working with them and in, in receiving a higher education. So I guess that's where, you know, where it comes in where I want to try to bridge that gap mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, working first with the Polynesian diaspora and then maybe making my way down into you know working with the students or the the you know the kids from you know from the islands mm-hmm. so that i'm i'm still trying to figure that out yeah. but it's yeah. I, I think it's coming along hopefully it's coming along. yeah it sounds <laughs> like it's good yeah because yeah, um kailani um, xavier's wife we were mm-hmm. talking and our <laughs> boss cole and i <laughs> we were talking about the hawaiian immersion programs mm-hmm. um for little kids who they just go to grade school and all they speak is Hawaiian mm-hmm. or uh, Samoan or I know that there's some in Utah like Chinese, mm-hmm. whatever. Would you ever mm-hmm. like consider putting your kids in one or like what? How do you feel like that would like affect culture relation? I guess. Well, for me, I I, I would definitely, um, you know, I, I want my daughter to go to. You know, uh, a Hawaiian immersion school. Mm-hmm. You know, with my wife being Hawaiian Samoan, uh, I think it's important for her to learn. You know, um, all of what she is, I, yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and I just see the importance of of culture and and how it relates to education. Um, me personally, that that's the way I I guess I learn. Um, I I'm not really. I don't really learn the traditional way in sitting in the classroom and looking at a whiteboard and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, copying down all these terms. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's uh, relating things back to my culture and 
and that that's how I internalize things. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, I, I want my daughter to be able to have the the same opportunity to to get to know uh, her. You know, if she, you know, we decide to put her in a Hawaiian immersion uh, to learn the the Hawaiian culture and to be able to use that, um, you know, later on in her life or you know as she grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like same thing that Xavier said, like just identity, you know, I mean, I don't have kids. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. Like, Hypothetically. In theory. Course, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I would like to just because like the identity of having your pollen, like any identity, like is important to relate back to something like my, my great grandma. Well, I mean like, well, for, oh, sorry, my great grandma was a storyteller. Like mm-hmm. she was the village story keeper or storyteller Mm -hmm. like and so that's why my major is what it is because we Mm -hmm. just discuss about Mm -hmm. stories like all day you know and like we talk about their meaning and you know the symbolism behind them and I just love that I feel like I got that from my great grandma and I mean we're from a people that are outside like they're doing things you know like just like what he said like a lot of I feel like a lot of my cousins and like a lot of my family really struggle with like sitting down and learning like from just someone speaking. Like it's like really difficult because like we're used to like hands-on. I mean for generations, you know, like hundreds, thousands of years, like we're used to like (laughs) a different way of learning. And so I think that I would want my kids to learn like where they come from and maybe even learn like why they think or see the world the way that they do. Do you think that like maybe BYU Hawaii could like change the way that they teach a little bit to like focus more on like a kinesthetic, that's what it's called, right? Kinesthetic, like where you touch stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like an active, (laughs) active learning style. Have you noticed that like, I don't know, they use it or they don't. It's a good question. Not to uh, correct. (laughs) (laughs) Not correct, but maybe some suggestions or if they do it well, whatever. Yeah, maybe (gasps) while you guys are thinking, I had a thought that came to mind Mm -hmm. because they had the uh, my first semester or my first or second semester here when they still had the the old general program. One of them was local communities it was called yeah and we learned a lot about hawaiian culture and we did a lot of hands-on stuff i remember like we we uh did different service projects the heiaus right yeah we Mm. went to the heiau help help restore the old heiau and haula and i thought that was cool because i was like you know we're we're not just learning about the culture in the classroom we're out experiencing it so that's that's one thing i thought of like oh maybe that's like with you both talking about more active learning i was like that's I feel like that's how BYU applied it in the past, but I don't think it's as common right now because that kind of the old program is done away with. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have any ideas? As. Yeah, actually, I thought of that too. Mm-hmm. Like the, well, the Hawaiian classes here, um, they'll have the kids go back to like the loi patch or like the tarot patch behind the school and like do hands-on experiences because you can talk about lo'i or taro or kalo, whatever you want to call it, all day. And you can talk about, like, the heiaus and, like, ancient Hawaiian tradition. But unless you go out and see it, like, mm-hmm. nobody's going to care, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. about the yeah, issues that are happening and, like, trying to restore 
So like things like that, yeah. I don't know how well that would do with like <laughs> like a, a business class, yeah. you know, or like yeah. something. I guess it depends on the major. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, if in my major we could all go to like Europe and like, look at all <laughs> yeah, I mean, should, I think not going to object to that. <laughs> like, you know, definitely we should that. definitely go to Paris, <laughs> London, and see all that. I know for my major, um, so I'm an anthropology major, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the, my favorite classes that I've, I've taken in the anthropology program was my ethnography class. And what that class, it's it was taught by um, Dr. MacArthur, oh, yeah. and he had us pick a topic and uh, go out and research that topic, mm-hmm. um, you know, participate in it mm-hmm. if it allowed you to. And um, that, for me, was did more, I guess, than any you know, other class I had just sitting in the classroom um, because I was experiencing, like like what she said, I was experiencing the, the issues that were going on and I was uh, listening to both sides, uh, listening to um, what was going on in the community and, you know, the, I guess the politics of, of the issue. Um, and, and it helped me. It, it helped me uh, open my mind to, to new things, new concepts. And, uh, yeah, I... Like like she said, I, I think it'll be a challenge with, you know, trying to do that with all majors. But uh, I think uh, being able to implement that and in most majors would uh, definitely be a benefit for for the students. Uh, and it also goes along with the the students being you know willing to, uh, I guess, commit to, you know, those sorts of activities. And because I know some students are used to just. Uh, sitting in the classroom and and learning through books and but I guess it goes both ways yeah so I don't know we're probably wrapping up pretty quick here but my one of my last questions is um what do you wish people knew about culture in general or your culture or um what people don't really understand that they probably need to to either understand you or your family or maybe your culture better? For me, hmm. <laughs> Ooh, like that's a big There's question. There's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but like I think the the biggest thing to know, on both sides, mm-hmm. because like, I don't know if Xavier is similar to me, but I feel like I wouldn't want to be just one culture. Yeah. Because like I realize that learning more about all of the cultures that make me and then all the cultures that make everyone else that there isn't really like <laughs> correct or like one set way of doing things. And I think that's the biggest part is like, even though my culture might be completely opposite from some other culture, like there are still things that I can learn and value from that culture. I don't have to agree with their lifestyle, but yeah, like, we're all part of one big family, not to get too <laughs> yeah. hippie-ish, but yeah. like, but yeah, like each culture has value, things to learn from, just like each person has value, things to learn from. Yeah, for me, it's going along the same lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, being here at you know, BYU Hawaii, you know, I, I guess the, the main cultures people focus on are, are the Polynesian cultures, and, and that's probably because the Polynesian Cultural Center um, but the, one of the main things I, I would hope, I guess, people would understand is, is like she was saying, to value the culture as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't have to accept everything the culture presents, but um, just to 
know and and to I guess uh, understand that these are our culture these cultural values are, are are important to this culture for a reason mm. um there there's several things that um that we see around you know around campus that you know we take certain parts of of a culture but we don't accept others mm. and you know uh, for me i i just would wish um you know uh instead of i guess judging the culture for for that um whatever they might be doing uh but um being under understanding mm-hmm. on you know why this culture is the way it is um it may not be something that we're used to but you know it's it's something that is valuable or, or is of value to that to that culture and and just to be understanding you yeah. know, i think that's one of my you know biggest things i i would hope um, students would walk away from you know this university uh, knowing or being able to learn. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Selu, and thank you, Xavier, for helping us all through the podcast to build understanding as well with sharing your stories and um, from your life and experiences with us today. So we want to say thanks for being with us. Thank yeah. you for having thank me. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. This was the Zeno Podcast. You can stay updated by following our Facebook and Instagram pages at Zeno Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by BYU-Hawaii's Reading and Writing Center. You can also find us on YouTube or iTunes or by searching Zeno Podcast. That's X-E-N-O Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at BYUH underscore RWC at BYUH.edu. Thanks for learning by listening.